Hello, geeks everywhere, and welcome to another Geeks Crossing podcast. I'm Eric, your host, giving you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And today, I'm joined with the one, the only, the myth, the man, the legend, the one who has a life that's more of a meme than mine. I don't know if you'd want to say that, but I am definitely a legend. Thank you for saying that. That's right. It's Gabe, a.k.a. King Pikmin. I had to give myself the name, given the topic for uh, today's podcast. Yep, Gabe has appeared a few times on the podcast, naming the ones that had to do with Sonic and Super Smash Bros., but if his nickname didn't give it away, we're talking about something that's more of a field of his expertise, if you will. We're talking about Pikmin 4, the recent uh, Pikmin game that came out a few days ago. And currently, my favorite game on the Switch, well, not even currently, it is my favorite game on the Switch. This game has been a long time coming for the past decade, ever since Pikmin 3 came out, which is crazy to think that it's been a decade since that game. Holy shit, it's been a decade? Yeah, it's been uh, 10 years as of July, I believe, I want to say 14th. I would have to go back and check the exact release date, but I know Pikmin 3 was released July of 2013 in Japan. America didn't get it until August. In that time, though, we did get Hey Pikmin on the 3DS and Pikmin Bloom, the mobile game. People like to hate on Hey Pikmin a lot, but I think that game is really good and kind of misunderstood. I didn't use Pick and Bloom that much because, well, I never really think to use any walking game simulator when I'm out doing outside stuff. Unless your name is Pokemon Go. Yeah, well, Pokemon Go kind of still does have a pretty solid grasp on some people. Not a lot from what I remember, but a good few who still dedicate themselves to it every now and then. Going back to Pikmin, Pikmin 4 came very out of nowhere for me because I wasn't expecting it to be announced anytime soon. To be honest, I was kind of under the impression that it just wasn't going to be a thing for an even longer time than I was anticipating, or what ended up being proven now that the game is out. The announcement on the Nintendo Direct from September 2022. I was asleep for that Direct, and I was informed by it by other friends. I didn't think it was true, but lo and behold, I clicked the, uh, the trailer link, and yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely a real game that was going to be releasing within the next year, and I could not be happier. Oh, you're telling me, bro. I remember talking about this with my friend Kalo. Shout out. We were like, yeah, this is the most unexpected game they could reveal during that Direct. Oh, absolutely. Because as much as I hate to say it because of how much I love the franchise, whenever a Nintendo Direct shows up, I don't think anyone is really expecting Pikmin. So that's what makes it all the sweeter when Pikmin news does come about because no one is really expecting or anticipating it. And so that's why when Pikmin 4 was announced out of completely nowhere, it was like the greatest bombshell I could have ever, that could have ever been dropped to me. More so than Smash Ultimate. That, the only reason I cared about that game's announcement was because of Pichu. That's the only reason why. If you take Pichu out of it, then I would not care about Smash Ultimate. Pikmin 4, yes, in my opinion, was the better announcement to me because I have a stronger attachment to Pikmin than to Smash Brothers. And Smash Brothers, I'm only really into because of what? My very select, like, four characters being in it. The weight of the announcement and then the weight for the game are two different things because 
with the game being announced, now I know that it's a thing that's going to be coming out soon. I just don't know when, because at the time they didn't give a release date. They just said 2023. And so throughout the early point of 2023, it was just me waiting for whenever more Pikmin 4 news would come around or just a release date or whatever. I don't remember which Direct revealed the release date. I think it was during, what was it? Was it a March Direct? Yeah. I'll say this. I'm really glad that the game was um, put for summer because I would not have been wanting to wait an entire whole other year for Pikmin 4. But uh, I'm glad that it came out during the middle point. I'm especially glad that Pikmin 4 kind of had its... Like, no other Nintendo game, to my knowledge, is coming out around the same time as it. So it's not like... Zelda came out a good few months before Pikmin 4. So I'm at least glad that Pikmin 4 wasn't released, like, close to, like, a juggernaut Nintendo franchise game to where it just got completely overshadowed. I'm glad that it came out, like, just in an isolated month on all its own, where, like, no other Nintendo game was coming out around the same time as it. So that allowed everyone's focus to be on that game instead of getting it overshadowed by like some other bigger Nintendo game coming out around the same time. I don't know if that's what happened with Pikmin 3 Deluxe because that game came out like several months after Animal Crossing New Horizons did. That was Nintendo's big game of 2020. But even with Pikmin 3 Deluxe coming out, I do think that even still, it wasn't like a top seller. But I do kind of have the game to thank for Pikmin 4 coming around as well because I think that without Pikmin 3 Deluxe, I don't think any like interest in the franchise or like getting it into like a topic of discussion for like when the next game would come out would have sprung up without Pikmin 3 Deluxe getting on the Switch because with that game being on then it meant that people were talking about Pikmin on the Switch and if Pikmin 4 would eventually come out on the Switch too which it did. I feel like when people think of Pikmin on the Switch nine out of ten times now they're gonna think of Pikmin 4. Oh absolutely actually funny you bring that up too because it's really great that now the entire Pikmin series is on the Switch with uh, Pikmin 1 and 2 at the time of this podcast being available on Nintendo Switch digitally through the eShop. But um, come September, they will be available for physical purchase, which is what I am going to be doing when the bundle comes out physically. I'm contemplating on getting that too, but it's like, eh, I already have the originals on my GameCube. Do I really want to spend the money? I have them on GameCube as well. But um, given the fact that I will legit sell my soul for Pikmin, I'm going to get the, the one and two bundle physically for Switch. You heard um, here, folks. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for this franchise. You, you, you've known us for the past, like, five years we've known each other. Um, oh, yeah. Never change, man. Never change. Oh, I never will. But anyway, but... we talked about the hype for the game. Let's talk about the game itself. Yes. How would you rate this at 10, Gabe? Because I'm sitting at somewhere between an 8 and a 9. Can I give it an 11? Go ahead, man. It's your rating. Okay, I'm giving it an 11. Pikmin wow. 4, Pikmin 4, I swear, has got to be the perfect Pikmin game. So many great quality life changes to the gameplay, the way the Pikmin AI works, the levels are gorgeous, the stuff to do. Pikmin 4 takes everything that was so great about the first game and the second game and basically fuses them together. Pikmin 4, I like to say, is Pikmin 2, but again. Pikmin 2, 2, if you will. I uh, mean, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Yeah, you're right. Pikmin 4 not only brings back the underground caves from Pikmin 2, but I feel that the way the game's structure works and that you're scouring all these different areas for treasure to collect a specific resource, it's a lot like Pikmin 2 in that regard where you're collecting treasure to pay off the debt, but in this game, you're instead collecting treasure to recover sparkly energy 
to power the um, the spaceship that you used in order to get back home, while also rescuing all the shipwrecked castaways and stuff and such. It's funny. I was gonna ask Gabe, would you do the honors and explain the story? But that's pretty much the whole game in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit more. Pippin 4 is essentially just one grand rescue mission. In that Olimar is out. He's crash landed on a planet again. He needs to recover his ship pieces again. But in the midst of that, something ends up happening to him. And now a new band of characters named the Rescue Corps are sent out to rescue Olimar following a receiving of a distress signal that he put out. So the Rescue Corps flying on the scene to track Olimar down and rescue him and bring him back safely home. But in doing so, they find out that numerous other space explorers have come to the planet following that same distress signal. But the castaways that you find and rescue are all hailing from various different planets and each have their own unique personalities and reasons for being at the planet, which I think is a really great way to put in more characters. I especially love the fact that with all of these castaways coming from so many different planets, you get to learn a lot more about other planets outside of Hokotade such as planet Gia, which is where the rescue corps, most of the rescue corps come from. And then you've got like planets like Inohe or the home planet of the player avatar, which is Karen. Speaking of the avatar, I want to talk about that real quick because I would never have expected Pikmin to be a franchise that incorporates a player avatar. But I think it's really, really cool. Oh yeah, you've seen it in Pokemon, you've seen it in Fire Emblem. It was only a matter of time before Pikmin did the same thing. Yeah, I think it's super cool. I just think it's cool because I get to see my name being spoken by the characters in-game as if it actually exists in the Pikmin universe. But beyond that, I just like that you basically just get to create your own Pikmin character. That's just what I like about it. So if you ever want to be canon in the overall Pikmin lore, this is the game for you? Oh, Yes. Now I can say to everyone, yeah, uh, I exist in, in the Pikmin universe. I mean, you did say you're King Pikmin, so obviously that must mean something to the overall lore. Yep, it fits! I agree with all that, Gabe. I'm not sure if it's exactly my favorite Pikmin game. I mean, in retrospect, I probably should have played the rest of the games before playing this one, but after playing it, it may be my favorite game because it took the entire fundamentals of the franchise and amplified it. My favorite Pikmin game is still up in the air because I love all of them so much for different reasons. My favorite for the longest time had always been the first one. And then after replaying Pikmin 2, that game kind of became my favorite. But I find myself going back and forth between Pikmin 1 and 2 to really decide for myself which of the two I like more. Pikmin 3 is also really, really great on its own. Pikmin 3 is kind of unlike 1 and 2. It's a little bit more like 1. With that, Pikmin 4 being more like Pikmin 2, it kind of splits the franchise into two different camps where you've got Pikmin 1 and 3 on one side, and then you've got Pikmin 2 and 4 on the other side. So then it kind of becomes a case of which style of Pikmin do you like more? Do you like the more, um, do you like the games that give you sort of like a, a specific time limit, limit to achieve your goal like Pikmin 1 does and Pikmin 3 does, but kind of changes it a little bit because you don't exactly have a time limit. It's... Actually, it's kind of like a live where all the fruit you collect gives you just that one extra day of being able to explore. But if you run out of rations and it's game over, you're going to try again. So pick and three kind of, it kind of does a time limit like pick and one does, but sort of changes the time limit into a live system. But it's, they're both kind of the same premise. Well, yeah, pretty much. And then but... Pikmin 2 and 4, they give you unlimited time 
to explore the planet and achieve your goals. And they've got the underground dungeons and all that sort of stuff. I find myself leaning a little bit more towards Pikmin 1's style. I think I just like the idea of having a set amount of time to do something. And I like that it pretty much forces you to form a specific strategy out to carry out your plans and be the most efficient you can, you can be on a given day. And like get yourself very familiar with the terrain so that you know where to go for certain things and what the fastest route is to do certain things. I'm not so good at that whole, that whole play style, but I just think it's, really, it's a really nice way of incorporating just general strategy tactics to a strategy-based game. Um, oh yeah, couldn't agree more. But I will say, Gabe, the world building in this game is beautiful. I mean, that's one of my many pros with this game, is that the overall presence. It's an open-world Pikmin game. Granted, we've seen other Nintendo IPs tackle the subject, such as Mario, Zelda, Kirby, Pokemon. And to see Pikmin have an open-world game, it's breathtaking. Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I love the, uh, the rescue command post. It's kind of like, sort of like a hub world, but also not really a hub world. It's like a pseudo-hub world, if you will. Yeah, kind of like that. As you rescue more castaways, the rescue command post becomes more and more populated, and there's more people to talk to, and there's just more things to do. They, they give you like all sorts of side missions. You can practice the, the new Dandori battles. You can check the Piclopedia, which is returning from Pikmin 2. Um, there's so much to do at that command post for it seeming so small, but there's just so much you can do in it, and that's what I really like. And not to mention, each world that you visit, it's almost like one giant backyard. Yeah! I love the world design, or the level design in the Pikmin 4. It's really great. It just feels so surreal seeing that everyday objects in our household is large to the Pikmin characters, which I think it works, given the game's atmosphere. I like that Pikmin 4 introduces the idea of exploring indoor like houses that humans would live in. Pikmin 2 very vaguely implies that the planet that you're exploring throughout the series could be a post-apocalyptic Earth, which is very morbid to think about. But I like that Pikmin 4 reinforces that by introducing the level where you explore a house. It further pushes that idea that, yeah, the planet you're exploring could very well be like our own Earth. It's kind of similar to Mario Odyssey in that regard, where New Donk City could be attributed to, you know, our own, like, let's say, New York City. And for Pikmin to do, to tackle a similar premise, where you're exploring a very realistic setting, but given, given a very, like, cartoony twist to it, it's just super cool. And I especially love the general plant life and the organic nature setting that Pikmin is already famous for. I love how it looks in Pikmin 4. Not to mention, the music is beautiful. All the music is so great. I find it very ironic how there's like beautiful orchestrated music in a game that's supposed to be quote-unquote chaotic because you hear this beautiful harmonious music and then in the background you hear the cries of your dying Pikmin. It's a little morbid, but hey, it works. It's like, it's a cutesy mask, but behind that mask is a very uh, dark, a very dark truth. I don't find myself humming or remembering that many tracks in Pikmin 4's soundtrack currently. There are a few that stand out to me. I think Pikmin 4 is more of a, it's kind of like, it's similar to Pikmin 1 in that it's more of an atmospheric soundtrack meant to set the mood of the world you're exploring. 
than being a recognizable melody that you can just hum to yourself every now and then. Pikmin 1 had songs like that, so does Pikmin 3. And Pikmin 4 does have a, have a few as well. Oh, but um, I think Pikmin I... 4 leans heavily way more into the atmospheric side of the soundtrack than it does being like recognizable melody. Bro, as soon as I heard the music for World 2, I was like, what is this song? It's so fucking peaceful that I have to listen to it on loop. Now, I cannot talk about Pikmin 4's soundtrack without talking about the, the heavenly title screen song. The title screen theme made me want to cry numerous times whenever I would hear it. I really cannot explain why or how, but Pikmin 4's title screen theme is, it, it is the stuff of gods. And given that piano is my favorite instrument, it's like a musical match made in heaven. But yeah, soundtrack aside, I'm also glad that Olimar has a bigger role in this game as opposed to Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3, Olimar was never really heard from or referred to until maybe towards the middle point in the game when Alf and his co-workers get that signal from Louie who they think is Olimar. And then Olimar gets into the story through there. But yeah, he didn't really have much of a presence during the beginning. I like that in this game, your primary goal is to save Olimar. And I think that that allows him to have an even bigger role just with the other characters when you do eventually rescue him. Because I think that gives Olimar more of a greater presence with the other characters without being the main character. Oh, um, hell yeah. Of course, since this is a new Pikmin game, that means obviously they have to have new Pikmin. And off the top of my head, Ice Pikmin, which I gotta admit are pretty cool, pun intended. <laughs> the Glow Pikmin, which truly shines during the night expeditions. Oh, you're trying way too hard. <laughs> what can I say? I'm picking puns left and right. <laughs> the ice Pikmin. I remember people being afraid that they were going to invalidate the blue Pikmin, but I don't think they do. Ice Pikmin, I believe, work in tandem with blues in the sense that ice Pikmin allow for traversal through water when, when there's like treasures or any other like valuable things to be scavenged with your other colors. Like, let's say there is a treasure on a piece of land, but in order to get there, you have to cross water. You could have blue Pikmin traverse that body of water and just carry the treasure through the water when they come back to the base. But you can also have your ice Pikmin freeze the water so that maybe you could have winged Pikmin get the treasure instead, and that way they could take shortcuts back to base because they can fly. Blue Pikmin still have many great uses in water situations because there's also treasures that are underwater that you can have blue Pikmin go get and also enemies that are underwater that blue Pikmin have to fight because again they're underwater and only blue Pikmin can swim underwater. I learned that shit the hard way when I found out there were underwater enemies. Yeah, ice Pikmin when they freeze bodies of water the enemies below the water do get frozen but you can't kill them because you can't go under the water. So blue Pikmin are still very much as useful as they were in the previous game. And the glow Pikmin, I think between the ice Pikmin and the glow Pikmin, the glow Pikmin might be my favorite. Bro, you can form a key blast with them. You're gonna make me choke up my water, oh my god. <laughs> um, glow Pikmin, they can still be eaten and crushed, but they are impervious to all hazards. And even better is that you don't have to pluck them from the ground because no matter where you are in the area, as long as those starbit-looking things are being transported to those little light towers, the, um, the luminals, they, they'll just drop in out of nowhere, wherever you are, which I think is really cool and convenient. Um, Actually, thinking about it, they might be my favorite Pikmin now. It's also super cool that 
So it's said by one of the characters that when glow pigmen are eaten or crushed, you think they die, but apparently they don't because they just return to the Luminol Tower and they're just reborn or something like that. They also just, they just look cool. I like that they look like ghosts. They definitely made the night expeditions a lot more viable. The night expeditions are fun, but when you're being attacked by a large horde of enemies all at once and you're like struggling to scurry over to the to the luminal that they're attacking and like get rid of them, especially when you have to defend two luminals, which at that point it's like you got to be like a pro. Don't remind me, bro. I failed many of those expeditions because I remembered, oh shit, there's two of them I need to protect. Oh god. It gets worse because the later night expeditions start throwing boss enemies at you. Multiple boss enemies in fact. And then you have to get rid of those things while also protecting the Luminals, and they deal big damage to the Luminals. Who was in charge of the, of the enemy choice and, and enemy placements in those other expeditions? I hope they got fired. Oh no, it's part of their job. They want to see players lose their sanities. I definitely lost mine. <laughs> but that aside, now let's talk about the elephant, or should I say hop, in the room. Good old Ochi. Ochi. Ochi is the most precious boy. Now, I resonate and grow attached to numerous fictional characters in media. That kind of goes with pretty much any person. But Nintendo somehow got me to care so much for Ochi that now I basically look at him as if he is a real dog that I am taking care of. And I get distressed and depressed whenever anything bad happens to him. Like, you- I am committed to protecting this guy. And whenever I, like, fail at that or make a mistake, I hate myself. I was about to say, what are you talking about? He is real, even though he's made out of data. He's a real dog, damn it. He's real to me, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying he isn't. He is real. We respect Ochi in this nation. But gameplay-wise, with, with how people were worried that Ice Pikmin were going to invalidate Blue Pikmin, People were worried that Ochi was going to invalidate Pikmin in general because the sheer amount of skills that you can teach him and the various levels of those skills. Ochi can become so overpowered when you give him like all of his skills. But the thing is, is that he isn't actually overpowered. I think Ochi just, he is an extension of the general Pikmin squad and serves as making certain tasks easier if you lack the sufficient Pikmin to carry a specific task out. Or he can work in cooperation with your Pikmin squad to carry out tasks easier. And I love that you can ride him too. And he comes equipped with like a jump. He has like a rush ability where he can like ram into enemies or obstacles and all these other things. He has his own little, he has his own little bite attack. I remember when I was playing the first world with my girlfriend, I was like, Babe, if you love me, you'll give me a plushie of this thing. <laughs> Only then will it be true love. <laughs> Shout out to you, babe. I heard that Japan is getting plushes. If I, God help me, if I don't get that Ochi plush. Then there's a good chance you won't appear on this podcast again. Because you need it. It's anyway, not a want. Um, it's a necessity, man. Anyway, any Moss fans? We haven't talked about Moss. She's also the goat. I like Moss a lot. Yeah, I didn't really care much about her. Listen, it's a hard life as a monster out here. But still, um, those are pretty much all the pros I have. Cons, I did briefly mention that the night expeditions could be bullshit at times. Oh, they can be. The very last area that you get during the post-game content. 
the second level of that area's night expedition can go burn in hell. I played that expedition earlier today before this podcast. Had to restart it, like, maybe, what, seven, eight times? Probably ten. But it was the worst thing on Earth, and I hope I never have to do it again. Damn, if you had to restart it seven or eight times, imagine how many times I'm going to have to restart it. Because oh, yeah, you know, good luck. You know me. Yeah, uh, when you get to that point, you uh, will probably want to jump out your nearest window. Let's see. The Dundori battles, they're pretty cool, but, uh, of course, like the night expeditions... They could be extremely bullshit the higher the difficulty is. So, the Dandori battles are interesting because the Dandori battles are essentially Pikmin 3's mission mode and bingo battle fused together in a way. The Dandori battles are the bingo battle, but the Dandori challenges are the mission mode. So, I think that it was, it's a really interesting way of incorporating both of Pikmin 3's side modes and turning them more into like more streamlined experiences where the the bingo battle was turned into dandori battle where it's the same thing just minus the bingo card but it all it has all of the chaotic features all of the fun frenzies and all that sort of stuff that made bingo battle so great and the dandori challenges those are fine enough but as you said the tougher ones are very annoying i, I don't know some know. of you guys are thinking yeah no shit it's supposed to be harder the higher the difficulty. Au contraire, my friend. You have to experience it yourself. Now, when I say they're annoying, I don't say it in the sense that they're bad by design. I'm not even saying it in the sense that I dislike them. It's just that that's really all it is. They're, they're just obnoxious sometimes. I will say another con that I sort of have is the rewind feature. It's almost the same problem I have with Sonic Colors Ultimate, where it's like, you know how Tails basically gives you infinite lives? You yes. Know, being a they're being a little bit more lenient with this game. I won't lie, I did use the rewind feature a couple times, but every now and then it's like, uh, did I really truly earn this victory because I basically cheated the system? Now, here's the thing. The rewind time feature, it's useful if you end up having such a bad experience. Like, maybe like you're in a cave and you lose a great number of Pikmin. There, I think it's fine to rewind time. But like... Losing what, like three or five Pikmin? I don't think that's really rewind time worthy. I think rewind time, the rewind time feature is a crutch for beginners who may feel that Pikmin is too challenging of a game for them and they just want to have a just, you know, a casual, just fun, straightforward time with it. The one thing that I am very flabbergasted by is the automatic win button in the night expeditions. After rescuing one of the Rescue Corps members, he becomes... No, wait. It's not just the Night Expeditions. It's also for the Dandori Battles and the Dandori Challenges. So for all three of those, if you fail them, you get offered by that Rescue Corps member to help you in that specific challenge. And if you accept his help, you're basically treated to a, like, 10-second cutscene of just dialogue of him clearing the challenge for you and giving you an automatic win. He, he is literally a free win button. And I didn't know that until I got so frustrated with that one night expedition that I was like, yeah, I want to see what this guy does. Maybe he's just an extra AI like member. Like I thought he was going to be an extra like AI partner, but no, it turns out he is an automatic win button. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, what? So it's just a free win. I don't know if I want to count that. 
So I went back in. Exactly. And I, I went back in and did an expedition on, like, on my own because I wanted to beat it legitimately. I was like, what is this? I don't want to have a, a pity win. See what I mean? That's my problem with current games these days. They're being too lenient. Games back then, you're like, you failed. Suck it up. Do better next time. Here, it's like, all right, you tried your best. We'll give you a freebie. Bro, get that shit out of here. I want my victories to feel legit. Yeah. With me, it's just that for a game like Pikmin, a series that I am myself proclaimed a seasoned veteran at, I may not be professional, but I say I'm pretty damn good at it. When I saw that I was given a free win out of nowhere, just because of my own curiosity and wanting to know what his little help offer meant, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not accepting this. I'm going back in and doing this legitimately because I don't like having that sort of thing just handed to me. I want my efforts to be genuine and rewarded because they were genuine, not because I got too frustrated and just wanted an easy way out. Had that feature been omitted from this game, maybe I would have ranked it higher because, yeah, the game could be frustrating, but when you overcome that challenge, that's how it feels rewarding. You don't just give players an automatic win button and call it a day. That kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. But hey, it's a new generation. We got to make things more kid-friendly and more lenient. It's not too big of a problem for me. It's just that me personally, I don't like that I have this option because I'd rather tackle the challenge of my own strength and accord rather than just have the game say, oh yeah, uh, you win. Here, here you go. Like, it, just does, it just doesn't feel real to me. Couldn't agree more. But going back to rewind time feature real quick, all I know is now that these characters can manipulate time and space. That is now a canon thing in the Pikmin universe. Pikmin characters now have the ability to time travel. Don't at me. You've all seen the rewind feature. That is a fact. They can <laughs> manipulate time and space. Don't at me. It's kind of funny because um, when you lose a bunch of Pikmin, one of the Rescue Corps characters will say like, oh no, like we lost so many Pikmin. And then they'll follow it up by saying something like, if only you could reverse the clock somehow, alerting the player to the rewind time feature, which basically tells me that the characters are aware that they can reverse time. Bro, that always solidifies my point. But despite those cons, it's still a really fun game. I have to play the other Pikmin games again to see if this is really my favorite, but so far... I'm loving it. I'll tell you this, when I finished the main story, I was so glad to see that there's post-game content. I would have been so upset if Pikmin 4 ended at the main story. I'm so glad there's so much more to do because I've been really enjoying all the post-game content. Though I'm sad again because I'm almost done with it, which means I'm almost done with the game as a whole, which I don't like because I want to keep playing it, which Start. I likely still will, even after I finish the, the post-game content. Before I get my final thoughts, do you think it's possible that with this game being the success, will we get a Pikmin 5? Now, as a Pikmin fan, I am very used to waiting decades for the next game to come out. Pikmin 2 to 3 was nine years, although I didn't get into Pikmin until like, what, 2000, maybe like nine or 10. So I only had to wait like maybe five or four for Pikmin 3 by the time I got into the franchise. But I did wait the full decade for Pikmin 4, and I'm hoping that Pikmin 4 helps the franchise kind of boost in popularity and relevance to where Pikmin games can start being more of a, a mainstream thing than having to put up with like 10 years of waiting for the next mainline game to come out. I don't yep. want to start thinking about a Pikmin 5 right now. Maybe within the next like, what, four years? Unless getting a new Pikmin game every 10 years is now the new norms, so I'm like- If that were the case, I think I'd want to pull my hair out. <laughs> So, it looks like we won't be getting Pikmin 5 until I'm like 34 or 35. 
2047, baby. Be on the lookout for a podcast on that in the near future. <laughs> but overall, Pikmin 4, great game. Highly recommended. I think for anyone who is not already into the franchise by now, it is definitely a really great game to get started in, if not already for Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which is also on Switch. Either that game or Pikmin 4, just given the fact that both of those games are by far the best feeling Pikmin games to play, and just being really good entry points overall. Even if you bypass the difficulty curves and the quote-unquote win bunny that they casually squeezed into the game, you can bypass those issues and still have a great time with this game. The environment is gorgeous, the gameplay is phenomenal, the music score is top-notch, and yeah, this might be one of the best Switch games of all time. After thinking about it, I might have to redo my top 10 favorite Switch games now. Well, given that Pikmin 1 and 2 are going to be on Switch, and given that both those games are already like tied for my favorite GameCube game, uh, I can basically just say that my top four favorite Switch games are Pikmin 4, Pikmin 1, Pikmin 3, and like Pikmin 2. So, yeah, Pik Pikmin dominating my Switch favorites right now. Not that I'd want to have it any other way, but it is how it is. But anyway, to those who are listening, what do you think of Pikmin 4? You can tell us on our Discord server or DM us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to listen to us on all available listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. And thank you, King Pikmin, a.k.a. Gabe, for joining me on this special podcast. My pleasure. You could have no one else for a topic like this. Hell yeah, bro. Welcome back on the podcast anytime. Yeah. And as always... Stay true to your geek selves.